Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 63. Dad, luckily we don't have a sad, sad Jack for this one. Michigan did pull out the win. Yep, that was the best game of the day. And really over the past couple, I mean, Michigan, only their second game of the tournament, but definitely a nail-biter, a team that I know I haven't been as invested in, but I still like seeing guys, even Isaiah Livers, who wasn't playing, even Eli Brooks, a few guys that were still on my favorite Michigan team. Right. Uh, so we're, I haven't talked since Friday night of the fir- first day of the tournament, and to say this is March Madness, I think might be underselling it this year. Yeah, like looking back now at the picks that we made, like we should have took into account it is COVID-19 season as well. Yeah, the madness enough. I mean, yeah, just in that itself. For the first two rounds, there were 12 upsets, which I didn't know that March Madness actually has a formula for how it would be considered an upset. Oh, okay. So if it's it's a team if they're five seeds lower, then okay. it's considered an upset. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna give you the chance. I want to see how many you could just guess from the first and second round. Oh boy. Really, I'm gonna put you on the spot. That's for sure. Well, there's the dentist school. <laughs> or Roberts. Roberts. Yep. Beat Ohio State, 15 over a two seed. Right. There was uh, Texas uh, Albia Christian. Yep. Uh, Abilene Christian beat number three Texas, which we're going to get to later as a part of our heroes of the tournament so far. All right. Ohio. Yep. Ohio over Virginia, 13 over a four seed. Uh, The team that played Ohio State. That is Oral Roberts. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse over San Diego State. Actually, I'll give that. I'll give it you two on that one because Syracuse also beat West Virginia, and then right. I'll throw in Oral Roberts also beat Florida. Right, right, back to back. Uh, so you have one, two. What about uh, Oregon beating Ohio? Oregon, Iowa. Iowa, sorry. Uh, Oregon beats Iowa yes. today, yeah. Seven over a two seed. Wow, there was a lot, eh? Because, like, even the ten over sevens, but that doesn't even count. Mm-hmm. Um, did we say Syracuse over West Virginia? I gave you that one now. All right. I can't think of any other ones. <laughs> uh, so, UCLA over BYU. Oh, right. Yeah, that's tough because I didn't consider that an upset because I figured whoever won that game between Michigan State would win that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, North Texas over Purdue. Yes. Uh, Oregon State over Tennessee. Yeah, all of a sudden the Pac-12 looks like like they're a good conference now. They're they're the juggernaut. Oregon State also beat Oklahoma State. Right. Uh, Loyola over Illinois. Right. What huge upset. Probably, I would say, the best game of the tournament because you just expected, the whole time you just expected Illinois to come back. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That was a good game. And actually, that's it. And then in the second round, so yeah, Loyola, Illinois, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Syracuse, West Virginia, Oral Roberts over Florida, 
and Oregon over Iowa. So the three, not even the three biggest conferences, but the Pac-12 is undefeated. <laughs> That's crazy. The conference that we, I don't want to say made fun of, but when we were talking yeah. about the conference tournament, we kind of yep. glossed over it. You talked For about sure. USC and UCLA. It was a good game. Right. But I don't think we expected both of them to go on a run. No. No, definitely not. Even Oregon State, who I I put my faith in Cade Cunningham, and I think he can be a talented NBA player, but he just he really struggled in both games for Oklahoma State. Yeah, and like we said, the tougher teams are going to take advantage of the slow starts, and that's what Oregon State did, which really became our Georgetown. Yeah. Right? They just kind of went on that roll, but we just – again, I didn't watch that much Pac-12, so – these teams are really coming out of nowhere. Like Oregon, wow! Like they, uh, they look like a favorite to me. Like they look like a Baylor. The way they dominated Iowa and Iowa again, I I would have picked them to go to the Final Four. They're that good, and they just yeah, Oregon is fast. This is and. Yeah, the the Pac-12 really because Oregon State was yeah you're you're right they were the team I thought Georgetown was going to be because they won their conference tournament they're a 12 seed very underrated and now they're they're going on a run to the Sweet 16. Yeah, exactly. And the two conferences that we sang all the praises for now outside so for the Big Ten outside so Michigan's the one seed and uh, Purdue got knocked out in the first round Ohio State Iowa lost to Oregon. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't look even Rutgers lost to Houston. Right, that was what, a close game though. And for a, for a ten seed in the way they dominated Clemson. Yeah, I feel like for Bama and I think coming out of that game for Michigan LSU LSU definitely got a got a tough draw for sure. Because even if they beat Michigan, they would have ended most likely ended up having to face Alabama again. Right, which kind of now makes me the fact Michigan survives this game now not that it's a clear path and I would never look over any opponent but really it Bama seems like the ultimate challenger to Michigan right as the one and two seed also the big 12 I I wrote down in my notes that the big 10 and big 12 just look like frauds I I almost feel like because they had such tough competition against each other, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the NHL playoffs where if you're in a tough division, you grind to get through it and then you got nothing left. You're so worn down. Yeah, that that's almost the way I'm feeling with all, all these teams because, like I said, they were by far um, eight teams in those two conferences were definitely, I figured, could any of them could have won it all. Yeah, and now we have, I mean, there's always the miracle run teams. I don't think we would have expected two number 11 seeds making it this far. No, no, definitely not. Which brings me to the heroes of the tournament because I know your number one hero right now has to be Buddy Beheim. Absolutely, yeah. When I, the few minutes that I watched with you, he caught a a ball off a screen and shot and I'm like, that looks like Clay Thompson. Right. 
Obviously yeah. not the production in this tournament. He he really it looks like no one from Syracuse is missing shots and, and that's and that's the big difference. Like all year it was Buddy and then hopefully one of the other guys would start hit a few shots. But yeah, you're exactly right. Everyone's hitting shots or making great passes for a wide open shot or a dunk or whatever. Just I didn't see it all year. And you said to me before the mm. West Virginia game, you would have set the spread. I don't remember the exact I don't number know you what said, it was, but. I would have taken West Virginia plus 12 easily. Yeah. And it, it's a part of this madness. There's a part of me that thinks maybe Jim Beheim just just does, does this on purpose. Kind of maybe, I don't know, minutes-wise how much you could be playing guys differently. But maybe right. he just tells everybody, listen, just wait for the tournament. Right. Let's hold everything. It's kind of like NFL coaches during the regular season that, all right, we're going to save this play for the playoffs. Right. But now it's just. Buddy Beheim, right, which is amazing to see. Um, a hero, I don't want to say hero, but for me, Luca Garza and the end of his Iowa career, that was really emotional to see him getting taken off the floor. Right, bloody nose early in the game. He had cotton stuck stuck up one of his nostrils there. He just he could be like a hockey player. And now the end of his Iowa career, the all time leading scorer. He's gonna have his jersey retired. It just as a Big Ten fan, I'm happy to, as sorry, as a Michigan fan, I'm right. happy to see him go because yeah. he is unbelievable. As a college basketball fan, it, it sucks to see a guy who was that has such a prestigious career have it end like that. Yeah. And and he had a good game. He scored again, no, 40, 42 points. Yeah. Nobody else, again, could score, unfortunately. Uh, Jason Preston for Ohio, who I wrote that down before watching Creighton, Ohio. And in Creighton, Ohio, in that game, he was forcing too many shots. He still, yep. he's he can still whip around a great pass. But even just that win over Virginia, the way he kind of controlled the entire tempo of the game, right, was impressive. Kind of reminded me even how he's built of someone like Lamelo Ball. And then yeah, against Creighton, he just seemed like he just panicked. Yeah, and even Vanderplas, who had the big scoring game against Virginia. He went a little quiet. It seemed like they had kind of, I don't want to say wasted all their energy, but kind of burnt themselves out in that first game. Yeah, I, I think it's consistency, right? And that's why these kids aren't at bigger schools is probably that's the way they play. They play one A-plus game, and then they play a C game where, you know, these other guys at the big schools, they're pretty consistent. And Jason Preston, I mean, it is a very <coughs> impressive story of, Basically wanting to quit basketball, playing for an AAU, an AAU tournament, going to a prep school and making your own highlight tape and putting it on Twitter. It's a very 20, I don't know, I don't know how long he's been at school, but anywhere right. from 2015 to now, it's something that kind of makes sense. Uh, really, I think the two biggest heroes of the first round were Tanner and Jacob Groves for right. Eastern Washington. Who yeah, that was great to see who put Kansas on the brink, especially in the first half. And it was these two brothers who it kind of almost reminded me of Step Brothers, a Will Ferrell movie. They were one, They were comparing one to Walton yep. and the other guy to Dynamite. Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite? Yeah. They were just, it was, 
such a fascinating group, especially because Kansas, to me, always seems like the team that self-destructs in the tournament. Right. And as soon as I saw them down at half, I'm like, well, this is Eastern Washington. I don't know anything about them. So, yeah. of course, Kansas is losing. Right. And they survive, and now they face USC. And, I mean, with all the Pac-12 momentum, it seems yeah, like a rough, rough draw. Should be a good game. Uh, also, Crutwig for Loyola Chicago, who looks right. like a middle-aged man. Yes, and he and he looks like a ballerina when he's running on his tiptoes. <laughs> Very on his toes. Yeah. The way he's not over, he's not super tall, but right. just how wide he is. Yeah. And especially against Illinois and Kofi Coburn, who looks like and it was interesting when I looked up to see how long he had been playing basketball because he reminded me of Joel Embiid when he was in college that there's a lot of physical tools there, but it right. just seemed like his basketball sense was kind of lacking in moments. Yeah. And Krutwig just kind of manhandled Coburn. Yeah. Which makes me think I want to see, well, as a college basketball fan, I want to see this Illinois team come back. Right. As one. Because. Dominate. Yeah. If, if they're, if even, if one of Donsumu or Coburn leave, Obviously, if one of them stays, it's still a really good team. But right. I feel like, it, especially the way they were building up, it seemed like they were a championship contender. Yeah. No, agreed. But that's just – that's Sister Jean and the magic. I, I As soon as I – and I found out right before the Georgia Tech game that she was going to be in the bubble because she got her COVID vaccine. Right. I, I realized that that was a real bracket buster for me. <laughs> right. I don't even – how I – Brackets are just obviously Oral Roberts was the big one. Right. There have just been so many games where even I went, okay, USC. I, I think I had USC losing in the first round, and now I could see them going to the Elite Eight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. After the first round, obviously no one's going to have perfect brackets, but I just yeah. I'm not even checking mine anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I'm so far off. I'm just I'm just looking at what games what games are ahead and Michigan games. Uh, my final hero is uh, Paul Heepler, who was the Abilene Christian player who played zero minutes against Texas. Right. And as the buzzer rang, he uh, put the horns down, obviously the opposite of the Texas Longhorns. It right. was amazing. All of Texas, so I guess, Longhorn fans got mad about it, but he lost to a 14 seed. And then people were complaining because they then lost, like Abilene Christian lost and the second round right but th th at that point you're just a happy to be their team for sure yeah you're you're at least those kind of teams are not looking to win the tournament it's just not realistic you're gonna win seven games against most likely highly seeded teams and yeah so they're they're one of them they won their tournament yeah they that, won their first game that, that one win is all they needed yeah like you know most most seasons teams will say there's only one winner right not really in these kind of tournaments there's lots of winners and there's the, people going home not with their heads held low especially oral roberts even if they don't win their next game this is this is a 15 seed that's in the sweet 16 yeah exactly uh anything else from these first few days of march madness well, again just being the madness that it is Unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's not going to be madness. Gonzaga is awesome. Today, they manhandled. Who did they play? 
Does it matter? I don't think it matters. This team is is just it. There is fast, faster than Oregon, and I thought Oregon was a fast team. Um, Oklahoma, thank you. Who, who's a very good defensive team, and they beat them by seventeen. Like it, it wasn't even close. Like this, I, I don't know. And again, Oklahoma is the weak sister Alabama to me, so. I don't know. They, they again. Every game I've seen them, the, the games aren't even close. So who is Baylor? I guess like yeah. Illinois was a team I thought would be able to beat Gonzaga, but I don't know. I have to watch another Baylor game because right now Oregon would be the only team that I can see that can beat Gonzaga. I think that'd also be a because I'm pretty sure they're in the same side of the bracket. Right. So I think that okay. would end up being an elite eight matchup um so yeah oregon plays the winner of kansas usc which is going on as we're recording so right. yeah it would be if gonzaga beats creighton and oregon beats one of kansas usc oh i can't wait to watch that game because that'll be a great that game will be they might not have any commercials in that game they might just play 40 minutes straight gonzaga oregon yeah yeah this and it's funny that we still have three number one seeds, yet it just doesn't feel like that. No, and especially the number one seed, I, th- I thought we would lose out of any of them. Michigan, I think, was the biggest yeah, one yeah, at th- risk. For sure, yeah. If you were going to tell me at this point there's a couple number ones gone, I said, oh, I guess Michigan would be one of those teams. But, yeah. This, this tournament, it, and it's funny how much we build it up because by next week, we're going to be in the elite, or I guess the final. Uh, Sweet next. 16, starting Saturday. And then the weekend after that, it's Final Four, Four. Championship Monday. Right, yeah. It is such a quick tournament, which yeah. this year, I feel like people love to chalk up, especially going back to the NBA bubble, it's the Mickey Mouse tournament. Right. You still have to, the other teams are going through exactly, which is, I think, more impressive about Oregon, because we didn't say it yet, that they didn't have to play a first round game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I guess it, it turns in, I love the rest versus rust conversation, especially in this scenario. I even read a story about Oregon was anxious about playing their first game in the second round. Yeah. No one's ever had to do that before. Right. And boy, do they ever look good. So we'll have to look forward to the sweet 16 and right. obviously the round of 32, which will end tomorrow. Sweet 16? The round of 32 ends today. And then Sweet 16 will be Saturday, Sunday. Oh, and th- the lead eight is Monday, Tuesday. Oh, I was mixing up which days was, was which. Because I, I knew they were playing a Tuesday. It's, it's confusing because it's always Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's taken me a while to figure out this COVID schedule. Yeah. Um, any Anything else from March Madness? No. No, it was just way too much excitement for me. <laughs> Which is, it's but, harder. But no bu- bu- buzzer beaters. No, just right? all buzzer misses. Exactly. Like where, yeah, it's gone the other way where, uh, no. Which, again, we haven't had too many of those either. But yeah, no, I, it's still been good games. I was going to say, I could only, the only one I could think of off the top of my head was Texas missing. Right. And that was, uh, they had to throw the home run Christian Leitner pass. Right. And the other one that I could think of was Wichita State, but that was in the first four. Was Rutgers huge? Oh, um, uh, Texas Tech against Arkansas. Oh, they missed right. at the last second. Right. Yeah. 
and, and Houston don't get me started with that because I would have loved to watch the last five minutes of that game, but of course TSN switches to another game that's starting instead of just showing the last five minutes. So I, I'm scoreboard watching to watch. Oh, it looks like a good finish there, but we can't see it. <laughs> that is that is, that isn't the problem with TSN is you have five channels and then you go, all right, there's a couple of minutes left of this game. But, you know, but, these guys are starting. Yeah, yeah. We're coming down to the wire here. It's going to be a photo finish. But, oh, let's start. Let's watch the tip-off of, of the next game. Like, I, I just don't understand that concept. And you have multiple channels to be playing yeah, these where you games. Can, yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah, and when I'm taping them, they're just showing the same thing. It's not even like they're flipping. You know, if you want, because they used to do that. Hey, if you want to watch this game, you can watch it on TSN three or whatever, right? If you want to watch the end of it, yeah, it's just you know? all playing the same, yeah, or the same. Even even at the beginning, it's the same three games. Yeah, yeah, which is understandable, right? And then you're getting into half times and stuff. But you could again shoot off like TSN has no need to carry the CBS game, no, because it's on CBS, right? I'll flip to CBS. I can watch it there. Just give me the other games, anyway. <laughs> that, that it's my minor rant but it's not a big rant but it just yeah it also happens to you every year yeah like it's just there's a couple games i'd like to watch and because you get invested right like okay i've been sitting here again i taped them so okay maybe it's 30 minutes of time i'm i'm wasting or sharing or whatever you want to call it but yeah. still i want to watch the end then it's not it's it's like you cut it off you know what i mean like let me watch it yeah so <laughs> anyway sorry that's that's okay. Now that now that we're down to, I mean, after today the Sweet Sixteen. Now you're yeah, you're gonna get every game in its entirety, in between each other. Like yes, a, they, a game there's won't no, tip off. That's right. There's no overlaps now, which is awesome. But yeah, again, it, my, it's my rank because it's fun. It's exciting basketball. Like, don't want to miss a second. So <laughs> yeah, really, you you really don't. I, that's why I commend your commitment to it because I I usually will just scoreboard watch. Right. If it's not Michigan. Fair enough. Yep. Nobody, not a lot of people have the commitment. That's also like major tennis tournaments that you were, I think it's also like I have, I get notifications and I see scores and I just think, oh, okay. Like it's not a big deal. I can just watch the highlights. Right. It's just a bit, uh, same with tennis. Like I just like watching certain players. Like I, I don't, if it's on and there's two guys I don't like or girls, I'll fast forward till I get to someone that I actually want to watch. So. I've never actually fully watched you watch uh, either March Madness or I feel like March Madness you watch more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless again it becomes a blowout or whatever. That's why I was talking to you about like, oh, I don't think anyone's fouled out yet because I, like if a game is twenty five points, like uh, Michigan's first game, I didn't watch the last you know 15, ten minutes of the game. Yeah, right. Just fast forwarding to see if there's going to be that run. Right, but if not, then that's it. Same with the, you know, like the Georgetown game. Right, is George? No, oh, no. So I, I watched the first half, and that was it, really, in essence. So committed, yes. <laughs> All right, let's talk because NFL free agency is kind of I don't want to say died down, but it's definitely slowed down from the kind of fast paced first few days. The biggest one, and I'm really upset about this, but. Keanu Neal, who's a former Falcon safety, signs with the Dallas Cowboys, one year, $5 million. Nice. Uh, Dan Quinn, who's now your defensive coordinator, was our was the Falcons' head coach. Right. He, I can tell you that he's pretty much just a linebacker. He's not really a coverage safety. Right. He, he can cover a lot of space pretty fast, hard hitter, but 
I, I was disappointed to see him go. Right. Uh, Kenny Galladay uh, signs with the New York Giants. Oh, okay. I this this I think they've made the Giants have made these moves as this is Daniel Jones's make or break year. Right. If you can't succeed with the weapons that you have, you're not a starting quarterback. Right. They also signed to Dory Jackson, which isn't a huge sign- signing. He's a former Titans cornerback, but it was just weird because he was out to dinner with some of the Giants, and everyone's like, ooh, they're recruiting him. And people were responding like, well, he's a free agent, so yeah, why why wouldn't you? Right. Um, Kyle Fuller, who was going to be a part of the Russell Wilson trade of Chicago, got Wilson from Seattle, was then released and signed a one-year $9.5 million deal with the Broncos. Wow. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and I really liked this move, they signed Deshaun Jackson. Nice. Uh, just a speed weapon for Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And also Michael Brockers, who I brought up on the last episode, he said he apologized to Jared Goff uh-huh. for saying that Stafford was a level up. Right. I mean, you have to. also wasn't really wrong. Right. Um, the other NFL news was that this is, and I quote, they're planning a large live in-person draft. Wow. So reading that shocked me, but I guess that's just how the vaccine rollout is going on in the yeah, States. Yeah, like almost everyone's vaccinated. So yeah, so by, it's going to go. By the end of April, they're going to be able to hold this huge event in Cleveland. Yep. I, I guess it's still weird, but I, I like drafts. I'm always, that's my one thing that I always watch. Yeah, I'm like, eh, just show me who picked who at the end. I'm not real big on seeing a draft and stuff like that. It doesn't interest me as much as it does you. Yeah, but that's also one where I'll watch it an hour in so I can fast forward through. Because I don't need to hear them talk about, you know, he's going to be great for their team. I, I don't need to hear that stuff. He literally just found out he's going to the team right I, I don't need to hear about that right it's also more about like trades yeah if any enough. crazy moves happen um let's go to the nhl which oh uh before we move on i did read a good article in sports illustrated today on uh the nfl quarterback carousel where the quarterbacks are very similar to nba stars where they are starting to dictate where they want to go. That kind of makes sense, especially yeah. with... You'll have to read it, but yeah, it was interesting. Did like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, how they've been trying to curate those uh, moves? Yeah, it wasn't so much Russell Wilson. They Actually, uh, the Packers quarterback was also mentioned in there. Yeah, I just, I guess he talked about that after the conference championship loss. I guess what he did say and what he didn't say. So I don't know if he wants out of there. That that was kind of surprising when I read that. But anyway. I feel like especially going back to last year when the Packers picked Jordan Love, his successor, a quarterback, instead yeah. of a wide receiver. I think right. that's kind of writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, in the NHL, yep. I, I really didn't have – I. Just to be honest, I was just watching college basketball. So yeah, I, I kind of really... put a pause on, like, I've been watching my Flyers, which it's very quick to watch. A 6-1 and 9 nothing losses, not watching too much of that. But, yeah, I haven't really been watching, but I see you got postponements. Yeah, so Boston had a game earlier last week pause. They have a game, I think, Tuesday that's on pause because of COVID. Uh, Montreal Edmonton postponed. They were oh, supposed to play tonight. Right. Wow. Just because of protocols. First Canadian 
that that was that was mm. my first thought of we they had never really been affected by this yeah. there was i think there was a montreal game earlier this year that almost didn't happen but right. then it, they worked it out but that was besides that i just wanted to do a check on the standings because i also feel like it hasn't changed that much right but the the covid definitely has affected the teams that have had it mm-hmm. right the devils the sabers the flyers the sabers are also just bad yeah but i i, I think part made of it that worse. was absolutely um and also a uh, dallas right they didn't play the first two weeks of the season so they're playing catch up like i don't know if that's a mental thing because you got games in hand, but you have to win those games to make up ground yeah. to catch Chicago. But even even Columbus. Like, they have yeah. to leave from and, and both uh, of them. Right, and Columbus is now starting to play better. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great you got seven games in hand, but you got to win five of those seven or whatever to, to get back in the race. So, anyway, I just, yeah, I really think the teams that have got affected by that, it's really affected them. So, we'll see how what happens with Boston. I'm assuming it was the Boston team. Someone, yeah, so we'll see if that sends them on a, you know, tailspin. Yeah, I think it was four. I know at one point four players were added to right. their list. Even Washington, right? And then they turned things around. But, yeah, it affected them too. They were on a winning streak, and then Tom Wilson came back and they lost. And I, I, it was funny how, they, how the highlights that I watched told that story of he came back and now they lost. Right. Uh, we'll start in... Um, it's just honestly it's the most boring division the west right vegas in first 43 points in 29 games yeah they kind of seem like even though colorado's three points behind vegas has just kind of seemed like the more consistent team throughout the year yeah agreed colorado's the more fun young upstart team right and they've had some injuries right mccarr has been out quite a bit mckinnon's been out quite a bit so that's really affected their season they've never really had their full lineup intact exactly uh, Minnesota and St. Louis are tied with 37 points, but Minnesota has two games in hand. Right. Minnesota is a really fun team to watch. Yep. I just think whoever they run into in the first round is right. just like I think Looking Colorado is just Colorado is the better version of Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. And if Vegas, if they play Vegas, they'll just kind of shut them down. Right. St. Louis, like get Tarasenko back, which I think will help them in the long run. Yeah, for sure. And it it didn't really seem like they were underperforming without him. And they're missing their number one defenseman. Pareko has been out too. It's I mean, so they're they're in fourth. The Kings. They're right there. They're, they've offered up Jonathan Quick to the Leafs. So we'll see. That'll make or break their season. Yeah, the Kings are in an interesting position where they can be sellers and then by next year they're going to have a bunch of their young guys pretty much I don't know, probably fully in their lineup yeah uh arizona one point back 31 points and 31 Still 31 games watched one of their games yet this year it, you'd really be watching it for basically the same thing as anaheim it's right. the goalie goalie show yeah and maybe if arizona they said there's a chance they could be sellers at the deadline right san jose 26 points in 29 games they're yeah, just such a letdown. Yep. And Anaheim, who have nine wins on the year. I don't know, 24 points in 32 and, games. And the goalie's got three shutouts, Gibson. Yeah. He's got a shutout a team to win. Yeah, that's – even though I, I like the Ducks especially, Trevor Zegras and 
Jamie Drysdale both scored their first career NHL goals in the same game. It, for the Ducks, it's just look forward to the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, North Division definitely has gotten quite a bit tighter. The Leafs <laughs> yeah, and Leafs Oilers. Going on. I, I'm surprised. That, well, again, I wouldn't hit the panic button yet, but they're <laughs> they're definitely struggling now. It's a little bit more than just a little dip in the road. And they've lost everybody else in the in the division now. And they've lost two guys on waivers to Vancouver: Jimmy VC and Travis oh, Boyd boy. today. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna hit the panic button because yeah. I I just think. Especially when everyone's saying it should be Jack Campbell's net, which I don't disagree with. That's not a good sign if that's what yeah. the whole fandom is saying. Right, exactly. I, I wonder if they make a move for goalie. I think they do. I think they should. If they yeah. don't and want to put their faith in Freddie, I just think he hasn't performed well this year. Yeah, he's just not having a good year. Okay, he's, What's year five with the Leafs? He's had four really good years. Just, yeah, not playing well. They're going to let... I, He's a free agent at the end of the year. I, I can't yeah. imagine he comes back. Right. Uh, so Edmonton in second. I really still can't. I, I think I picked Edmonton to make the playoffs, and I still don't believe it. Yeah, I, I can't believe they're second. And Tyson Berry is also leading the NHL in points by a defenseman. Right. And I think Darnell Nurse is second. So wow. this is a high-octane offense. 1983 Edmonton Oilers. I just – I think there's – teams once you slow it down for the playoffs i just they're just i think calgary can beat them and that's kind of saying playoffs right they can't beat them in the regular season but let's play in a a seven game series and it's a different story and you're putting daryl sutter in a playoff situation uh winnipeg four points back i can't believe they're that far back like i guess they're losing to teams they should be winning because every time i watch them they're they're winning I'm looking now. So back to after that Leaf series, they've lost. They beat Montreal in overtime. I watched that game. Then they'll have lost three straight. They okay. lost two one to Edmonton, in which okay. McDavid scored both goals. Okay. Four two to Edmonton. Yeah. Then and the, regulation losses, right? Oh, and I guess. Oh, I was gonna say they haven't lost. They're playing Vancouver right now. They're okay. actually up one nothing. Okay. But yeah, see, it makes a big difference if you're losing games, but losing them in regulation, you really either move up or move down the standings pretty quickly. And the team that everyone hit the panic button on, Montreal, back and forth in the division, 37 points. They're a point back from Winnipeg. Right. They, especially, I watched the game against Vancouver on Saturday, they, they look like they've kind of steadied the ship. Yeah. Like Paper said, just don't get to overtime or shootout because they can't win i was gonna say but that's every game i feel like they're in the shoot that yeah. i i watched the full vancouver montreal overtime that was a slow overtime vancouver speaking of those canucks they're in fifth with 35 points in 35 games in the race that's crazy because they're terrible it especially montreal just seems to have their number all year and they're still just kind of lingering in this race yeah uh calgary two points back which is surprising because it seemed like with daryl sutter they kind of fixed everything right but two straight losses the two nothing loss to toronto and then a 2-1 loss to ottawa yeah oh wait okay yeah that was that was today then it was the final which ottawa 25 points i think this is still gonna be considered a successful year for the senators yeah they're not good, but right. they're playing the spoiler enough. Exactly. Uh, the East Division, which, again, it's just 
week by week, you think, okay, the Islanders have won nine straight before they lost two straight. Right. They should be running away with the, this division. Yeah. They have 46 points. Washington has 44. Right. They're right there. Yeah. Because Washington went on a big win streak as well, right? Pittsburgh, 40 points. Again, they also went on a big win streak. Because guess what? All those teams are playing. New Jersey. And Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> Uh, Boston, 36 points, and Philadelphia right there, 34 points. Right, and not playing well at all. Goaltending, huge issue. Which, uh, the two games Boston had postponed was Saturday in Buffalo and tomorrow against the Islanders. Mm. So I guess that, that kind of sounds like a one-and-one. One. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They'll win one of those and lose one of those. Uh, the Rangers, who... We're on all sorts of a heater. Our two points back of Philadelphia doesn't seem like they've gained that much traction. Right. Devils, 26 points. And Buffalo, 16 points. With a new coach. Yeah. Don Granado, it just, it's such a bad situation where I don't even want to blame Kevin Adams. I just think this is such a poorly run organization. Yeah. I think the Pagulas now just care about the Bills. Exactly. That's where all their focus has gone. And tennis. Oh, yeah, because they're – is it their daughter? daughter? Yeah, made it to the semifinals. Uh, the Central Division, which the most competitive division, weirdly has the slightest amount of separation. Tampa Bay with 48 points. Carolina in second with 45. Florida with 44. Right. Again, you're playing those teams over and over again. Yeah. You're bound just, to toss that around. No, for sure. They're, it always seems when I'm watching those teams play that they're battling for first overall in the NHL. Whoever wins that game is will be in first. Is this is the Central the most fun just because of those three teams? Um, not just those three. No, no. I I enjoy watching every team in that division other than Columbus. Which it's the John Dallas Tortorella. right now. Yeah, the John Tortorella factor and Dallas just because they're missing the guys I'd want to watch play. Yeah. Radulov's back now, so that makes it a little bit more interesting. But uh, Sagan and Bishop Sag- are still yeah. a couple weeks, a few weeks away. I'm not sure, but. I don't think they know. Right. Especially because Bishop has been out since like, during the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. It's funny of such a jump of Florida 44 points in third. And then Chicago, Columbus, both have 33 points. 11 right. points clear. Chicago's really um, fallen off. And I think that's got to do with goaltending as well. It's kind of... Uh, well, Kevin Lankinen, I think, was getting Calder buzz. Yeah. And he was bound to come back down to earth. Right, right. And yeah, Columbus, 33 points in 33 games. I guess you consider that a success from how yep. rough it looked and Patrick Laine getting benched. For sure. Uh, Nashville, who were going to be sellers, I assume they still will be. They have 29 points, so they're still not that far behind. Right. I just don't know if anyone is going to have the money to make these trades. Yeah. Like a Philip Forsberg or yeah. Ekholm. Or uh, who's the other guy they just got? 95. Uh, Duchesne? Yeah. I don't think even like a Ryan Johansson, I thought he would be a lot better than he is. Right. They've just a lot of those guys are disappointments. That clone was um I guess there's rumors he might go to Philly. Flyers that'd be, that'd be a good move, him. especially yeah. they need it they need a replacement, right? For uh Niskanen. Yeah. Cause then he would slide into what, the third third pair? Who's that? Ekholm? 
No, I think he'd play with uh, Provorov. Oh, oh, I didn't know that it was taking yeah. that much of a jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dallas in seventh. Really, there are three or four games in hand. You're right. With 28 points. With guys coming back. So, they'll be there. It'll be close. It'll be interesting. They'll be in the race, but I yeah. also think they're kind of running out of time to yeah. make up this ground. For sure, because some of those games they're making up will be on back-to-back nights. That's the downside of these games in hand. I don't think they're as valuable as they normally are. Uh, and in last place, but like you tell me and like I try to accept, still competitive to the D- Detroit Red Wings. They've had, just had their best stretch the last week and a half. They've played their best hockey. Yeah, beating Carolina and beating Dallas. Yeah. I don't know. Have they played? I didn't see them play since. Oh, they lost to Dallas on Saturday. Right. Wow. I didn't even. Why did I watch Vancouver, Montreal, but not my own team? I don't know. That's, uh, so that's it for the standings check. Uh, if you had to pick a Stanley Cup champion right now. Tampa Bay. Especially because they're going to get their Kucherov back. That's not fair. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it seems like they're not coasting but it it seems like they still have a level up to go yeah yeah and again they're winning and again carolina and florida to me are stanley cup contenders they just probably won't because they're in tampa's division yeah they're all gonna run into each other in the first and second round they'd win any of the other divisions so realistically if you were picking Maybe the best four. Yep. Would all three of them? Three would be in my top four for sure. So then who would your fourth? It would have been the Leafs, but I would put the Islanders there now. I, I Although Lee's gone, but I, but it would be between the Islanders and the Leafs would be the fourth. So not, so not Vegas. Uh, yeah, maybe I'd put Vegas in that mix too. Because I feel like Vegas is almost not aspiring to what the islanders are but it feels like they play slightly similar styles but vegas just has the more more of the firepower Firepower, yeah agreed especially on the back end right uh so let's get into you sent me to do some little extra work for our final nhl international team canada right to make two teams out of this yeah a little bit more difficult than i thought it was going to be just because i also tried to make sure there were enough left-handed right-handed oh um especially the left wing specifically yeah if you're really building these teams you'd probably put centers in those positions yeah no for sure but in terms in net uh i had i put down six goalies so carrie price yep carter hart yep jordan binnington Mm -hmm. darcy kemper Mark okay. Andre Fleury yep. and Mackenzie Blackwood. Really? Put Black- well, he played for Canada. But also, there just really wasn't anybody else. Okay. The goaltending is definitely you have five really good goalies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Um, so the way the draft process went down was that uh, Carey Price, Carter Hart, and Mackenzie Blackwood were the first tan or first group. Right. And then Jordan Bennington, Darcy Kemper, and Mark Andre Fleury were the second group. Okay. I I think that second group especially any three of those guys could be a starter. For sure. Throw them on Sweden or Finland. 
They would yeah. any would be any one of them would be your number one starter. Not really outside of right? Russia, you know? yeah. any other team we talked about, yeah. and the U.S. Right. Uh, on defense, on the left side, we have Thomas Shabbat, Shea Theodore, Darnell Nurse, Morgan Riley, Josh Morrissey. Uh, I threw a couple of young guys in there. Ty uh, Smith. Those are young guys to me. <laughs> younger, I guess. Okay. Ty Smith with the Devils, right, and Bowen Byram with Colorado. Okay, I also threw in Duncan Keith because I guess you still could want yeah, that yeah, veteran sure. presence. He's still playing twenty five minutes a game. Uh, so it's eight defensemen. Uh, the way the draft process went down was Thomas Shabbat, Josh Morrissey, Duncan Keith, and Ty Smith were yep. the one group, and then Shea Theodore, Darnell Nurse, Morgan Riley, and Bowen Byram were. It wasn't really team A, team B. Okay. But that was just how I would have separated them. Okay. Uh, on the right side, there were so many right-handed defensemen that I really had to... There was one guy put down that couldn't be picked for a team because it didn't even out. Right. Uh, Drew Doughty, who has had a great yeah. year with the Kings. Yep. Dougie Hamilton. Wow. Kale McCarr. Alex Petrangelo. Shea Weber. Uh, I, I call him your guy because you love always when we talk about the Leafs, he should be a Leaf. Colton Pareko, yep. Ryan Ellis, Brent Burns, and Aaron Ekblad. Kept Subban off, eh? Yeah, I love PK Subban, but yeah. he just he's not been the same. He's going to be a guy that could get traded at the deadline, but right. the Devils would need to retain salary. Uh, so draft process, Drew Doughty, Kale McCarr, Colton Pareko, Ryan Ellis on one side. And then Dougie Hamilton, Petrangelo, Shea Weber, and Brent Burns on the other side. So you kept Vlasic off, eh? Yeah. I mean, he he is probably better now, especially on the left side, than Ty Smith. Right. But I, I just think for the team I want to build, I don't okay. I don't need a Vlasic. Okay. Um to the forwards, uh I guess I'll just do what team A was and then team B. Did you have Peter Angelo on there? Yeah. Okay. After Kel McCarr. Okay. All right. Uh, forwards, um, I guess team A. Brad Marchand. Oh, sorry, I'll start on the left wing. Brad Marchand. I put Braden Shen on the wing because wing, it was hard to. Really? You got him on the team, eh? Yeah, because he played a lot of Canada. Okay. I, I also put Taylor Hall. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is my bias one that really isn't he's not really on the team but I put Anthony Mantha. Okay. Would you rather have on this team Anthony Mantha or Alexi Lafreniere? Yeah, Mantha. Okay, that makes me feel better. He's played for Canada. Yeah. Uh, centers: um, Sidney Crosby, Braden Point, Ryan O'Reilly, Matthew Barzell. Not necessarily in that order, but right. that's uh, one group of centers. And you don't have McDavid as the number one center. I guess that would have been team. Yeah, I guess. So this is how it worked okay, out. Okay, sir, was... I'll let you just say your your piece. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then on the right wing, Mitch Marner, Patrice Bergeron, Mark Scheifele, and Travis Konechny. Ooh. I think especially he's a pretty big Team Canada guy. So Yeah, just not having a great year. He is now. But. Uh, so I did it where I alternated which team would pick first based right. on the position. So the B team did pick first for centers, but on the left wing, they had Jonathan Huberdeau, Logan Couture, Jaden Schwartz, and Matt Duchesne. It's not as strong because in a normal tournament, you would throw a lot more centers on the wing. Right. Uh, 
Um, some guys that was so Lafreniere I put on the list, but I couldn't pick him. I put Liam yep. Foodie just because I like Liam Foodie for a fourth line kind of shutdown role. Okay. And Dylan Dubé, who I think yeah, has been playing really well. a great year. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Don't disagree. Uh, so the centers, this is this is where it got kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon ended up on the same team. Okay. Uh, and then Bo Horvat and Sean Couturier. I just I couldn't bring myself. I put Tavares' name down, but I just for me it came down to Horvat or Tavares. Really? Because you don't think Tavares could be the the defensive center. Yeah, I would just rather have Horvat or Couturier right. in or that Bergeron. role. Bergeron's on, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then on the wing, the right wing, Steven Stamkos, Mark Stone, Claude Giroux, and a very surprising pick. I put Jordan Everly, not yeah. didn't pick him for a side, but I thought because of his Canada history. Right. I picked Drake Batherson with Ottawa. Mm, okay. He's having a really good year, and... Honestly, in, unless you're switching around centers and wings, in yeah. terms of right wingers, he was up there in consideration. Okay. Uh, if you're really building this team, I I didn't do it, but off the top of my head, I, I would have Price, probably Price, Hart, and Bennington right. as my three goalies. Yep. Because I trust Price as a starter. Yeah. But I also know either of those other two could step in. Right. On defense, again, you're really splitting hairs. As much as I wouldn't personally choose it, on the left side, it would probably be Shabbat, Theodore, Riley. Okay. Maybe Josh Morrissey was my only thought of maybe over Morgan Riley. Yep. On the right side, it's you're really splitting hairs. I would probably go Doughty, Makar, Petrangelo. Yep. Again, maybe a Shea Weber. Yeah. Depending on... but. To me, when you're, you would bring Shea Weber to be the veteran presence when yeah. you already have Drew Doughty. Right. In terms of forwards, it, it's hard to pick and choose. I know McDavid Crosby would be your one-two center yeah. either way. And if you're building it for a tournament like the Olympics, you would probably put Marshan Crosby, Bergeron together again. Right, right. I think for fun, if you really just wanted a speed line, I would put McDavid, McKinnon, and Barzal all in a line together. Yep. Um, I think Jonathan Huberdeau, the way he's played this year, deserves to be on this I, team. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think I just really want a guy like Mark Shifley on this team because I think he can play any role. Yep, I agree. Uh, fourth line center is a fun debate for me because Ryan O'Reilly's played a lot for Team Canada. So is Sean Couturier. Yeah, and I think Bo Horvat could also could also play that role. Okay, but. Ultimately, I would go with O'Reilly. Kyle O'Connor, is he American? He is American. Um, Because I would move a lot of guys to the wing, I think Bo Horvat could probably still make this team playing the wing. Right. Um, I don't know if I would... I mean, maybe if Stamkos was playing the left wing, I would probably take him. Yep. Uh, Then I think the debate of do you want more offensive or defensive guys comes down to a Mitch Marner versus Mark Stone. Right. Which as much as I love Mitch Marner and I defend him, I would take Mark Stone. Yeah. And again, he's played for Canada. Mitch Marner did too. Did he? He played, I think. Oh, the juniors. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm thinking of world championships. Yeah. Which is the 
kind of now it's you it's how you like mcdavid's played for a couple of those teams too yeah yeah um i don't think i mean in a fourth line role i don't think i'd be mad about claude Giroux on my team my only problem would be i don't want to make crosby mad right which that's they have their rivalry yeah so i think if anything it would probably be connect me over Giroux. right which again if you're trying to build the chemistry sort of deal yep you do connect Nick Couturier and anybody else. Yeah, I got two guys just thinking off the top of my head. Jonathan Taves. I yeah. know he hasn't played, but he is. You would still want him on this. On yeah, he's a, still young enough, right? Yeah. And the other guy who is old, but I just thought of was Ryan Getzlaff. Because um, he's always played on Canada. He has. I just, even the like couple Ducks games I watched, it just seems like, it, it's funny that he's gone so downhill, but right. Corey Perry still hanging around. Because, yeah, it almost seemed like Corey Perry was finished a few years ago, but he's kind of find his, keeps finding his way with other teams, I guess. Yeah, I would, if, I know Montreal wouldn't trade him, but yeah. I feel like Dallas would really want him back. Right. Did you have Ben in there? No, I'm glad. I'm glad okay. you can correct. I'm. I'm honestly. I'm just uh, again. Just I'm thinking out loud, right? So Ben uh, Gallagher, who would be kind of like a uh, a cheap Travis Konechny mm-hmm. kind of player, right? Same kind of guy. Yeah, I would definitely take Jamie Ben over Shen Hall okay. or Mantha. Fair enough. I guess when I was looking, I was just looking at this year because Jamie or Ben Sigan. hasn't had a great. Yeah. Right. Like. like yeah, there's lots of guys, right? I there I just made a another a third team. I'll I'll take Getzlaff, <laughs> Taves, Jamie Ben and Sege. Yeah. There's four forwards for me right there and I'll throw in Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah, him and him <laughs> and Connecting are pretty much the same player. Same player, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a like Connecting you're getting more skill, Gallagher you're getting yeah. a little more grit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when you say build three teams, it's it's perfectly possible. Yeah, yeah especially for with sure. the even the young guys, because I was looking at like a Barrett Hayton or Cody Glass, and they're still a little young, right? For a Just team like, like this, Frenier. yeah, same thing, yeah. In a couple of years, good. those guys, yeah. But that would be that's that would be the next generation of Canadians. That would right. be the uh, team North America from the 2016 yeah. World yeah, Cup, exactly for sure. Uh, this it's so hard to build a Canadian oh, team, yeah. and that's that's tough. Like how many people you're leaving off of there. Again, that would come down to whoever the coach is going to be there to determine that. Well, I guess it's going to be Armstrong from St. Louis. St. Louis, right? Is so building the team, I, yeah. I, it's interesting to see what kind of because they say they have like eleven locks already for the team, which I don't know mm-hmm. how you could. Yeah, possibly have any. Well, a couple, but my God, like even, again, guys have good years. You, you just can't leave them off. Like if you look, go back and look at some of those team candidates, you go, why was this guy in the team? Well, cause he had a great year, right? That's why he was there. I was going to say to me, the ultimate example is 2014 bringing Chris Kunitz just to play with Crosby. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, and I've been thinking another guy, Robbie, I played on the 98 team. I think he was played for Tampa Bay can't think of his name but again he was uh like a third line center but again he had a great year and they brought him there and that was that was one of as good as canada is at hockey there's quite a few olympic disappointments yeah yeah it might have been the 2004 team but he was one like everyone was kind of critical but again he was having a great year so bring him right just like uh you know any other year there's always certain guys where 
oh, why didn't we bring him, right? So I think St. Louis, I don't know if he went in 2014. I don't know if it was 2014 or 2010, but he was left off the team at first and maybe it was brought on yeah, after. Yeah, that was a, not a good and situation. He, and he had just won. Uh, the Art Ross. Yeah. Yeah. That's, who was the coach? Of what, Tony? Ethan. They were both Babcock. Babcock, okay. Maybe just didn't like him or something, right? Because that, that, it wasn't a good fit even when he did go. Like, someone, he went because someone got hurt, right? I think it was the year – I think that was Stamkos. He got hurt that year. Oh, okay. And he should have been on the team, but then they just right. picked his – I was about to say his roommate, his teammate. Right. Did you figure out who the Tampa Bay guy was? No. No. Because you just said Robbie. I, I thought know. it was Rob. Rob. Uh, Stonic Rob. Are you sure it's 90, the 98 team? I'm not sure. It no. might have been 2004. It was one, one, uh, Zabner? Rob Zabner? Um, might have um, been his name. Wait, 2000. Wait, do you mean 2006? Could be. Could be that year, too. I'll, I'll go through. Uh, well, Todd Bertuzzi, Shane Doan, Draper. Gagne, Heatley, Cavalier, Brad Richards. I don't know. This is a pretty – it probably this is the 98 team. Right. Um, yeah, I think his name was Rob Zamner. Anyway, he was – Tampa Bay, they were an expansion team then, but he was like a real top – had a good year, right? So he played. Um, here we go. The 98 team. Rob Blake. Ray, I saw Raymond Bork, and I was like, who's that? Because I was just thinking Ray Bork. Uh, Rod Brindamore. Uh, Martin Rodeur, Shane Corson. Wow, I never remember him being that good. Uh, <laughs> Eric Desjardins, Theo Fleury, Adam Foote, Gretzky, Curtis Joseph, Trevor Linden. Eric Lindros was the captain of that team. Gretzky wasn't even the captain. Right. Uh, Al McInnes, Joe Newendike, Keith Primo, Chris Pronger, Mark Recchi. Wow, you're. Uh, I skipped. Uh, Patrick Wad, Joe Sackick. Brandon Shanahan, Scott Stevens, Steve Eiserman, and yeah, Rob. Uh, <laughs> it was he's really out of place when you're saying all those names. I've never heard of this guy, right? But it's yeah, <laughs> Zamuner, Zumner, uh, played from '91 to '06. Oh, right. we have Marley making a spe- special appearance. Um, before we go, uh, I wanted to talk about some NBA stuff. Uh. The sad news of the of today was Elgin Baylor passed away at 86 of right. uh, natural causes. In terms of NBA legends, he's kind of the one that kind of gets glossed over because he played with Jerry West. Right. But there was one year where he averaged ridiculous numbers and only played on weekends because he was in the military, <laughs> which sounds like the most 19. I think he played in the 50s and 60s, right. which sounds pretty realistic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Different uh, time. And ter- uh, also, Blake Griffin had his debut with the Nets, and he dunked, and everyone freaked out. Right. Which I don't think anyone should really be caring about a guy dunking. Uh, the rumor mill. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers were exploring a trade for Lonzo Ball. Wow. Which it's kind of the type of player the Clippers need. I don't necessarily think it's the right fit for Lonzo. Uh, the Heat uh, covet was the word they used, Kyle Lowry. Wow. And apparently that might be one of the only places Lowry would want to go because of his friendship with Jimmy Butler. Right. Also, LaMarcus Aldridge, who was a part of the list of guys that were dismissed from their team and waiting to get traded or bought out. Right. Uh, Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic officially requested a trade from the team. 
Hmm. So it's a it's a piece that's out there. Uh, there's teams interested in Norm Powell, which I'm sure you're not happy to hear. No. It's contenders that are looking for a a swingman like Powell. Yep. No, he would do well somewhere else. And if the Raptors don't win another game this year, then they'll be definitely looking to be selling. This is, I think it's tonight that they play Houston. Yep. Houston is on a 20-game losing streak. Right. If Houston, this is the type of team you beat. Yes. You and if the Raptors to. lose this one, then yeah. that's really a detriment to their season. Marley well, is licking already, my leg. They already <laughs> lost to Detroit twice in the past week or two weeks. So I, that's, to me, again, and getting most of the guys back and they still can't win. Uh, another trade piece that's out there, the Sacramento Pig... Kings, the Kings, big man Rashawn Holmes, who is like he's a center, but he's not a big center, which is I don't think a really good fit for the Raptors. Apparently, the Raptors and the Charlotte Hornets are the two teams interested. Also, the Detroit Pistons rejected a trade for Marvin Bagley, who Marvin Bagley's dad is a slightly less version of LeVar Ball. He right. tweets a lot and saying the Kings should play him more yeah, and okay. he needs to get out of there and he needs to find a team that's going to play him right. They actually rejected a trade. The Pistons were going to get Bagley for Sadiq Bey, a, uh, I was about to say freshman because I've been thinking about college basketball, right. a rookie that played for Villanova last year. That's really embarrassing for the – and Marvin Bagley was the second overall pick and Sadiq Bey, I think, was either a late first-round pick or a second-round pick. Okay. And that's just – that's where the Kings are as a franchise. Yeah. And the Pistons rejecting that. They also don't. They have like four centers. Right. And they kept signing them for some reason. Uh, the injury report is really disappointing. LaMelo Ball's out for the year. He fractured his wrist. Mm, that's too bad. He was going to be the rookie of the year. And yeah. he was someone where every time I saw the Charlotte Hornets, I didn't think, ah, uh, I actually got excited that they were on because right. he made them fun to watch. The other one is LeBron James out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain. Mm. This late, The Lakers already didn't have Anthony Davis. Right. Now, without LeBron, they're ordinary. They're going to limp into the playoffs. Right, so to speak. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, outside of that, again, it's been a lot of college basketball. So it, it's been more seeing, seeing these college guys that might be MB, NBA prospects. I hope Luka Garza gets a shot at the next level. Right. And obviously, Kate Cunningham is going to be the number one pick, even though I think there should be red flags for how he played. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, besides that, you got anything else? No. All right. We'll see you Friday. I guess we can talk a little college basketball, Sweet Prepare 16. Yep. And uh, besides that, we'll see you next time.